before we get into the episode, head on over to RighteousFelon.com for all your favorite beef jerky flavors. I'd recommend starting off with the whole shebang craft jerky gift bundle. The jerky is smoky and savory, spicy and sweet. All of your favorites, all in one variety pack. Use promo code OCSN, all lowercase, to get 15% off at checkout. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to RighteousFelon.com today. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DeMeglio, and this week I'm joined by Blue Seat Blogs writer Rob Luker. We'll be talking about the Jacob Truba hit from last Saturday, Gerard Gallant's job status, and we'll also take a look at those new line combinations that were created midway through Monday night's game against the Blues. Rob, thanks so much for joining me. How are you? Happy to be here, Joey. Thanks. How are you? Pretty good. Doing well. Doing well. I'm glad we, we were able to, to you know, schedule a time to get you on the on the show. We've been trying to uh, get that going for, for, a little, for a little while now, a few weeks, right? Absolutely. I'm a bit of a Tommy boy. If I'm on the road, uh, just trying to sell, you know, sell what I can and uh, finally found some time. So appreciate the invite. Yeah. And uh, he's joining us on the phone. So if you're watching it on the stream, you won't see Rob's face. You'll just hear the telephone audio from him. And uh, that's totally fine because we were able to get it done. Technology is uh, very helpful today in today's day and age, especially with the podcast. But um, um, before we get into like the topics, I always like to ask my my guests, like, how did you get started? So you you write for Blue Seat Blogs. Um, how long have you been doing that? Been doing that for a few years. I'd say Twitter's kind of been the stewardship for the last. I'm I'm on the older side compared to some of you guys. Uh, Ten years. I mean, I started uh, way back doing kind of some painting some numbers stuff, pay attention to some numbers stuff for the Rangers back in like 2008, 2009. And the behind the net days for those older folks listening, um, did some blue shirt banner stuff way back when, and then kind of took a break, got into the career a little bit and have come back around with blue seat blog. So it's been fun. Funny enough. I had Joe Fortunato on last week. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've always, have you always been like involved with the analytics side of, of hockey or is that a kind of like a newer thing or it's. No, I mean, like I said, I've been tracking it for like 10 years. Just mm-hmm. I've seen the progression from when, um, you know, we used to say there was no real shot quality or no proof of it all the way through these much better public expected gold models. Um, you know, I grew up playing. So when I when I saw that stuff kind of coming out in the NHL and I went to a school that had D1 hockey, it was interesting to see kind of a different view of the game, right? Are your eyes telling you the truth? You know, it was always good a good feeling to outshoot the other team, but sometimes the puck went in or – You'd have those games where you were hemmed in your own zone, but you could still pull it out 2-1 or 3-2. So it was just kind of another tool, and I've always just kind of tracked the progression of it. That's always what the Rangers were doing last year, <laughs> pulling, pulling games. It's one, way to, it's one way to live. Uh, some some people love it, you know, the, the vibes only crowd, win, or just win, baby. But, uh, um, you know, there's there's different ways to do it as well. <laughs> right, yeah. We want to we i think the rangers were were planning on uh with the rebuild they were planning on becoming one of those dominant teams that didn't have to worry about that you know um right. i certainly think they have the skill to 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 be one of those teams now with Lafreniere, Capo Caco, Filipedal who's looking like he's coming into his own now hopefully he could keep the production going and Absolutely. uh <laughs> and we got to get uh Vitali Kravtsov back in the lineup but uh so we'll get into these rangers topics like that Truba hit on uh 
on uh, on Saturday against the the Blackhawks. Two hits, two big hits, one on uh, Kara and then one on Athanasiu, which was just in, like, oh my gosh, it, he was so vicious. That was a that was a crazy hit. I thought it was clean, um, but the fight afterwards was was what uh, stood out to to fans and stuff. Um, the Rangers are down three nothing at that point. And there's like no life on no life on the on the bench, and uh, he's trying to to rile them up. Captain of the team. I was about two minutes away from saying that the Rangers had none, had none of those uh, <laughs> leadership like quality players, like the guys that that are like a McKinnon that's gonna that wants to win more than he wants to breathe. Uh, so, and then Truba did that. He he fought Taze or whatever, laid that big hit, screamed at the bench, threw his helmet, and I was like, wow, that's uh, those are his true colors because people had. Uh, hypothesized they theorized before that he likes to speak in the dressing room uh in between periods it's not really galant that does that and we really we're, we don't have eyes in the in the dressing room we none of us do um unless you're like one of the reporters but even those guys might not have it but um that was really like my first like time seeing that the the way the rangers the players like Kreider, advantage had how they all talk about Truba. That was the first time I saw that displayed on the ice. What did you think of that whole scenario situation? Yeah, I, I probably got some both sides per usual. I never usually just land on one side. Um, I mean, overall, it's an emotional game, right? I mean, I'm not surprised he finally snapped to an extent. At the same time, he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. You know what I mean? He's got to do something. So you could argue and debate maybe what that something could have been. How it unfolded was, you know, it is what it is now. But if they just sit there and he's lifeless, I mean, look, look at the reaction for when uh, Dryside will knock the stick out of his hand and he didn't, you know, just immediately jump him or something like that. So, uh, you know, I, again, growing up playing, I never played at any, any high level. But, yeah, sometimes those things are needed. It's never perfect, whether it's a fight or a big hit or something like that. But, you know, we're going to look back. That wasn't maybe the exact turning point. I could argue probably the next game with the line combo changes, but I know we'll touch on that. But it could be a combination of the things, right? I mean, get certain people, get certain guys going, um, and overall, they're probably for the better for it now. At least the last few games, we'll see if it holds up. And now I know that his play has not been up to par of, uh, for his standards and to his contract standards. But I, I'm sure that Truba knows that he's not playing the greatest. Maybe he is he is banged up a little bit, and he wants to keep going. Uh, maybe there's something else going on that none of us know about. But I, I still give him a lot of credit and a lot of respect for, for you know, screaming at the bench like that um, to, to do that. Because like, up until this point, I thought of the Rangers as like a very mellow kind of team. Like I wasn't yeah. really expecting someone with that much like fire and passion. You see it when they score big goals. Yeah, but like in the locker room and post game, no one's like like screaming or whatever. You don't have one of those John Tortorella like type figures, you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Um, Glant will often, sometimes he'll, I'll say sometimes, because right now he hasn't been uh, accountable, but he'll call he'll call out the Rangers when they're playing poorly. He'll, he will, but. We'll go to the refs first, which you kind of got to love as a player, but yeah, that's fair. <laughs> right, yeah. He, I, I still, I need to see more from, from Glant. Um, I'm, I like those line combinations that he changed it up, that he didn't just stick to whatever it was. Uh, you could critique, you could critique it. Like I said, like three quarters of it was right on, uh, against the golden Knights. 
uh, the lineup. Of course, Barkley Goudreau being in the top six, that doesn't need to happen. Uh, not ideal. Yeah, not <laughs> ideal. Like, we'll just we'll leave it at that for now. But like, uh, man, I, I thought that the the hit kind of kind of woke something up in, in uh in the in the Rangers and also in the the post game presser. He was Truba was having a hard time, you know, not going like full irate on the reporters uh yeah he was so frustrated i think and and i'm not i don't know i i I did not see the hits live so i didn't really know the flow of the game and then of course you only see the slow-mos right away on twitter and all that stuff so i mean overall you can make the debate he left his left his feet a little bit all i can tell you is you'd rather have that kind of guy on your side most of the time (laughs) you definitely got to keep your head up in the middle and you you can usually hear him coming one way or the other so if if it's, it's usually pretty quick at the bang bang play but i mean overall it was it was good effort. I, well, not obviously the Blackhawks game as a whole. That result was brutal. But um, I guess the last thing I'll say on Truba is because I've kind of shared this a little bit on Twitter. Statistically speaking, he has fallen off such a cliff that it's hard to believe he's been this bad. We all see it. I mean, nobody's not nobody's saying he's playing well. But even in the last few games since that hit, it's a little bit better. And all they really need him to do, especially if Miller gets going, is be somewhere near average. He does not have to be a world beater. Now, we can have the summer conversation of what his cap hit is to his value. That's fine. But right here, right now, I mean, Lindgren and Fox are rolling great. Um, so if Truba can just get back to somewhere near average as opposed to literally playing just above an AHL level at this point, that's that's going to help the Rangers get going regardless of the line combos too. It's, it's so surprising because I remember when the Rangers – originally traded for him it was supposed to be such a steal because neil pionk was not a good analytical defender like i liked his offensive side i liked there were certain aspects of his game that i liked but everybody was saying it was a slam dunk trade because they basically just traded their fir- the winnipeg's first round pick back to them and they they traded a, a defenseman that they weren't going to be using in like a few years um and truba's analytics on the other hand were actually pretty good right when he came over yeah, from Winnipeg. So first, just just a reminder for everybody, because it's, it's easy to look up just the other teams on certain of these sites, and Pionk is still not a very good defender analytically. Definitely on the defensive side. He does provide a lot of offensive value, though. Yeah, okay. And that's also what they traded for in Truba, a more experienced, a more established version of Pionk. But the biggest problem was, and if anybody knows my stick, is in Winnipeg, he primarily played with Josh Morrissey and – um, Tobias Enstrom, both really established solid guys at limiting shots and chances against. And when Keandre Miller, you know, God bless him, he's doing great, has, has come along. Unfortunately, Truba's style of play, he likes to wander. That's why he gets caught in odd man rushes. And that's why he struggles in his own zone sometimes to break out passes and just generally limiting shots and chances. He is an offensive defenseman, whether he knows it or likes it or anybody wants to admit it. He's not maybe he's nowhere near Adam Fox. Let's put it that way. But that's why my shtick is old Ben put him with Lindgren because Lindgren does limit zone entries, limit shots, limit chances against. And then if Truba's wandering Lindgren, the rock, and frankly, Adam Fox is good enough to make Lever Hayek look like an NHL player. So he should be fine regardless. Right. And Truba steps up more times in the offensive zone than he tries yep. to lay body checks. Like you could, Pincher. <laughs> he, he steps up there like, and he gets, really high up in the, in the offensive zone like he'll go behind the net like he did that a few times in last night's game against the golden knights 
Um, Which and, is good if you yeah. can keep the puck and move it around, but the moment you do that and the puck's going the other way, I mean, it's it's Miller usually back there or forward. <laughs> right, yeah. So. You, you can't just keep relying on the forward every single time. Like, that's just, right. it's not uh, ideal, I guess you could say. Um, oh. Yeah, um, I, I'm glad that you brought up that, that Pionk was uh, not, is still not a good analytical defender. I thought he had, had, had improved, but yeah, he's... Um, a little better. I'm just saying yeah. they didn't lose anything. It's not like they traded, you know, I don't know. He's not an all-star. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they also had to trade Truba, too, because he there was no way he was going to go back there. It was – Yeah, he, he wanted out. I remember that. He had it set in his mind that he wanted to to, to get out of there. Um, but uh, – so you brought up Libor Hayek a few times in that, in that short little conversation we just had. So how bad has yeah. he been? Like, has he been worse than last year? Because I always see that he's like the meme of the analytics community, him and Jack Johnson. <laughs> so it's a loaded question only because you gotta you gotta know where Leibor Hayek is coming from before we try to contextualize how he's done this year. So uh, naturalstattrick.com is a great site. It's 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 mostly public. You can donate to if you want, but they have a line tool. So basically, it tells you how a player how a team is done with a certain player on the ice versus how they're doing off. And uh, you can only do three years at a time unless you pay some money to get to get longer. Um, so we'll even drop his 1920 year. So we just from 2020, the fall of 2020 through this year, he's played just over 1,030 minutes. Um, he's been, and we'll just do goals for because over the course of time, shots and chances equate to goals for basically. So over three years like this, it's kind of indicative. Mm-hmm. Goals, he's been on the ice for 32 goals for 40 against. So that's like 44% Rangers are winning the goal share. Not good. Makes you that, that would make you like a bottom 10 team basically. The other 7,000 minutes when Lieber Hayek has not been on the ice, and this is at five on five, the Rangers have scored 298 goals and given up 266, which is a goals for percentage of almost 53, which then puts you almost in the top 10. I mean, yeah, so that's the that context alone. of how bad of an NHL player he's been. He's still an NHL player, skates really well. Hell, well, he's, he's better than 99% of the hockey players on the planet, but he's not a good NHL player. And now, when it, so that brings us to this year, right? He had a good four or five game stretch. There's another site out there called hockeystatcards.com, which includes some scoring and then these expected gold models. The middle, his like fifth game of the year through maybe the 10th, he was average and had a couple good games, chipped in a few points. But since then, he's reverted to his usual bad self. Not horrible, but he's not driving play. The biggest thing is he's kind of like a Barclay Goodrow out back. The moment he gets on the ice, the Rangers stop generating offense even if he manages to survive a shift without getting a ton of scoring chances against. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I guess that's your ice cold take of the week that uh, Libor Hayek is Barclay Goudreau, but on the back end. I mean, <laughs> we'll get more into Goudreau, but it's, it's, they are the two, like, let me just put it this way. When I wake up in the morning and I look at, you know, like game data, or if I'm looking at season trends, typically my logic is, well, if they remove one of the worst parts of the lineup, they should inherently get better. It was kind of the same argument with Neil Pionk, right? Remove him and the Rangers defense should get better. And it, and it did. So it's kind of like, why are these players still being chosen to play, even if it's in limited minutes, or at least get them in the right spot when it comes to Goodrow? That's the thing with Hayek. They've passed over how many waiver options and they've passed over, different, you know, obviously Jones is down in the AHL now, despite putting up slightly better numbers than Hayek. I mean, it's just kind of puzzling when you've got a track record of three years long where the Rangers are almost a top 10 team in five on five goals without you on the ice. <laughs> It's kind of, it's, you bring up the Jones comparison. It's like the, the Nils Lundqvist versus Schneider comparison because Lundqvist had better metrics than 
than Schneider, and they decided to keep uh, to move on well, from Lundqvist. Is that just because of their play styles? Yeah, I would say Drury and the organization is valuing Schneider more as a third pair defenseman that has defensive impact. Schneider still has an okay to good defensive impact, meaning he limits shots and chances against. Lundqvist was the other way around. When he, I, you know, he was first of all he saddled with Patrick Nemeth. That didn't go well. But he was still helping generate offense when he was on the ice. But he was giving it up on the other end. They were bleeding chances as a pair together. So, yeah, I would say it's more of a play style choice. But that was kind of the crux of when they decided to deal Lundqvist. Okay, you're choosing one way to play, but you got to try to find balance in the pairs in the end. I, I, feel, I still feel like that they weren't willing to put Trouba on the third pair and have Lundqvist take top four minutes. I, I'm convinced that that's the thing. Yeah. Well, and part of the whole thing is – in. in there's a big debate about, there can be a big debate about this is do you ever try somebody on their offhand, right? You know, there's certain players that are good enough to do it. Other players are not comfortable with it. I completely get it. But when you're in a year where you're trying to win now, and especially when the goaltending didn't start well, it was just surprising to see Lundqvist immediately dealt despite he could probably just try to play left hand on the third pair, but it was never tried at all. Right. Yeah. And all the power play time too is, uh, I think that it's a, that's a big deal. Is he getting power play one time on with Dallas? I'd imagine. Oh, that's a good question. I did not look that up before. I'm sure that's um, that's something I could look up real quick here, but um, he might be getting power play two times. But in the end, I mean, for the Rangers, Truba should not be the power play two guy. That should yeah. be Calgary Miller, 100. And I'll and I'll say that uh, Sammy Blay on power play two definitely not need to be that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Blay is unique. Um, Definitely not a bad player, but you can tell the difference between the true talent of the forwards and then and then watching him. You know, his spot is definitely on the fourth line for now until he uh, proves otherwise. Right, and that power play two unit doesn't even get used. Joe Micheletti was talking about it last night. Uh, I know you said that you didn't have commentary on your game, um, but I don't know if it, if oh. it actually <laughs> went back. Uh, I'll ask you about that. But uh, Joe Micheletti was talking about uh, how that power play two unit only gets like 20, 25 seconds most at, at – Top. Yeah, and like, yep. it's not a lot of time to do anything, and it's really you can't really judge. It's not you can't judge it from that because they're like most of the time they're on the fly switches. It's not like they're right. in a face off and they could set up. It's you know the puck gets cleared or whatever, and even when it gets cleared, Shesterkin half the time he passes it up to Panarin who stays on for like the remaining twenty seconds while everybody else changes. Yeah, I mean, frankly, they shouldn't even just try to – I know they got to do it in practice probably, but they're not – they should just send out the next line and whoever's coming out of the – you know, you know what I mean? Send out right, the next yeah. line for five-on-five. Five. There's zero reason to send power play two out there unless they're actually going to get a minute. Yeah. So be prepared if they come, but if not, just let just let power play one finish it up and send out the next five-on-five five line. <laughs> right, yeah. I think, I think they did something similar to that where they started the period. I think they started the second period on the power play or maybe the third period but it was like only 10 seconds maybe. So they just started with the forward line one. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Nils Lundqvist is getting second power play time uh, with, with Dallas, but you know what? It, he's gone now, so yeah. it is what it is. It is what it is. And I still – I think that the first-round pick was uh, was good value. They got the good value back. They didn't just – It could be. Yeah, could be, yes. Um, who knows with the, with the way Rangers uh, develop their forward prospects. Uh, this guy could, be, <laughs> could have the next character arc. Uh, or if they continue to turn around here, that's trade bait. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's a good thing. That's uh, I'm more confident in it being in trade bait than 
sadly, sadly, and it being a yeah. trade bait, then, <laughs> then it actually turning into a good forward prospect. Like, I love that Othman looks like he's going to be a pretty good player, hopefully. Hopefully he could keep going. Uh, looks like a pretty dominant, dominant junior player, and I like what I saw from him in preseason. It is pre, it was preseason, but still. Uh, oh yeah, I think I think you know some AHL time probably wouldn't hurt, but I mean all you can do is just outscore a ton in juniors, and that's what he does. So yeah, he's got to shoot for the moon, like go for like 60, 70 goals. I don't know what the <laughs> OHL record is. He got fifty last year, but all right, if you're, yeah, if you're going back again. When you're when you're already good, uh, go for as many as possible. I guess I don't know. Might as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the the line combinations and and the the forwards, like the Rangers started off the first fifteen games. Like most people that listen to the show will say will will know that I was a pretty big defender of like how the Rangers were playing. I I liked that they were dominating possession, getting all these chances and stuff. It was just that they weren't getting the puck luck or the actual goal. So the question is, like, how long does it take for everyone says, like, in, in terms of, like, the analytics community, like, that the numbers will catch up. Like, when you have that high of, like, an expected goal, like, category, uh, when you're dominating possession as much as the Rangers were through the first 15 games, um, that those expected goals will become actual goals. But, like, when does it happen? Is it is it just something that happens, or is it like is this a mindset change, or is it just the the law of averages works itself out? What's the deal there? Yeah, it's it's really the law of averages. So ultimately, anything can happen in a two, five, ten, even twenty to thirty game stretch. So that's where slumps happen, right? But when you get towards forty, definitely sixty or eighty games, it'll regress to a point. So I say that because the Rangers they're kind of out of the playing the unlucky card as, as at least in my end, I'm not calling them unlucky anymore from an, from an analysis standpoint. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Their shooting has been back to league average and actually probably just above for the last five or six games at five on five. Shesterkin's back to playing at a top five to 10 level. I know he had, you know, he's inconsistent, but the good games are his really good games again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So from a shooting and save standpoint, it's now, now the question is how do they get back to that first 10 or 15 games where they were consistently out shooting teams, you know, 55%, 60% to 40, um, you know, generating more offense consistently through three lines, through four lines, and also then just limiting chances as much as possible. Um, so overall, they're, they're kind of out of that, out of that slump, if you will, but they just need to now continue to tweak the lines, which they made some first good steps here, but there's still some ways to go. Right. There's some, there's definitely some critiques that, that uh, fans will, will have to offer. And, um, you know, I was just really happy with the, the, the correct move to put Lafreniere and Kako up on the first line. That's step number one. That was step number one. It, it's, it's been a long time coming. They need to stay there. And thank goodness that they got goals in their first game together, because I don't know how much longer he, Gerard Gallant would, uh, you know, stick with those guys because we've seen it before where he'll put Lafreniere up on the right wing or he'll put Kako up there and then they won't score, but they, they still look great, but they're not getting the right. results. So that's that's the exact, that's what I've been saying. So I'll just say this real quick, just about Kako Lafreniere getting that promotion the other night, big game. I, I'm surprised we saw it just because of Gallant seemingly being stubborn, you know, mid game. He'll, he'll usually ride it out. The blender doesn't come out too many times. Kako has definitely deserved that promotion more than Lafreniere just from how he looked if that makes sense. But I mean, overall, 
they have found consistent success and they found it last year when Kako got bumped up. Well, I think Kako kind of started a little bit with Panarin and Strom. And then he at one point also played in the middle of the year with Zabanjian and Kreider. And then uh, there was the big debate of Ken Lafreniere trying to play right wing with Kreider and Zabanjian. All three of those combinations worked out last year. But to your point, the problem was after 10, 12, I think Kako got like a 20 game run maybe with Zabanjian and Kreider. Then they, then they pulled the plug. And up came Goodrow, up came Hunt, and there was some injury stuff too. But the point is, they were getting, they were on the right side of out shooting, out chancing the other teams, and the pucks weren't going in. But you got to stick with it a little bit longer. Now, ironically, what we've seen so far with Zabanajed, uh, Kako, and Lafreniere, now it's literally only been four periods, but they're scoring pretty consistently so far in their limited time on ice so far. But they're not generating as much, so we'll see if uh, they can find their way a little bit especially because I think lines two and three are offering a little bit more balance now. That Lafreniere goal last night, that was a really good cycle, a good offensive zone pressure there. Like everybody got involved. Love how Lafreniere positioned himself to the open, to the open side of, of the net. And he didn't miss it. Like uh, I think the game against Chicago, he missed, he missed an open net. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I forget if that was it, but Lafreniere consistently goes in that. That's the one thing he does well. So it's just a matter of positioning and finding a soft spot where you can get, either get a shot off, get a tip, get a tapping kind of thing. Also, yeah, that's the one thing he does do well. I also talk like a lot about the place, matching the play styles up too. So like Kreider, Kreider's advantage Ed, I mean, it's worked before, like when, when they had Buchnevich there, uh, when they had Zuccarello even, who was, you know, I miss, mm-hmm. miss him every day. Uh, but um, I think Kreider's skill set actually matches more with Trochex. Um from that that third line that I saw last night, it, it, I you could you could tell me I don't I've never seen those players play too often before. Have they logged any minutes together like Kreider, Trochek, VZ has or at least Kreider, Trochek have they have they uh played together at all really? Except No. Not really, no. I mean, Kreider's been pretty much at the hip as a bandage yet, right? So this is kind of a new a new start for him. Um I, I agree. I, I sometimes I don't know how much weight I put on play styles. I know it's a real thing. I'm not dismissing it. I'm just saying I don't I don't focus on that a ton. Um, just because I think the results sometimes pe- speak for themselves in yeah. the play styles. Um, I just think Trochak is a really solid all around player, as is Kreider, right? But maybe Kreider has a little bit more speed. So overall, you're putting two really solid players on a third line where they get to match up. They they can they can try to you know match up against either top six line or the other team. Or if they get lucky and they're playing one of the bottom six lines on the other team, they should dominate that from a shot and chance standpoint. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I like the idea of them together if we can figure out a top six that works right. as well. Yeah, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot more confident with that as a third line than honestly, like the kid line. Like I'd rather the kids be in the right. top six and then have the veterans, like the guys that have scored before. Kreider scored fifty last year. He's gotten at least 25 for the majority of his career almost every single season um and then you have vz on, on there too who's a very reliable defensive forward i've loved him this year but and that's the role that he needs to be playing on on this team is in the in the bottom six it's just barkley yep. goudreau if they could somehow <laughs> if, if galan could somehow convince himself to move him down and take out brodzinski or take out whoever in the in as long as it's not Goche, as long as it's not Goche, Goche stays. I'm sorry, Goche stays. Uh, no, it's <laughs> uh, one of my fantasy football teams all year was Goche can replace Reeves, and this was, but this was like a month ago or six weeks ago because Goche could skate, and that's why they like Brodzinski too. And, and you know, Brodzinski, 
he's definitely one of those like four A type players to steal a turn from baseball. He's not gonna he's not gonna make a huge NHL impact. But right. you know what? If you can get a fourth line that can skate and and just make it just make the other team run around for 30, 40 seconds, as long as you're not giving up 10 chances and only getting one, I mean, that's, yeah. it's, it's okay. It's okay. Right. <laughs> 30, 40 seconds at a time. Yeah. And, and it depends, it all depends on how, how often Glant uses it. He tends not to I, use I think, the, the line, the fourth line as often. That just goes on game point, script too. And there was one, there was one little clip. It was a throwaway clip. You won't find on any highlight last night. But the fourth line turned the puck over, and Goche was the one that swung from the off wing and then skated basically all the way back to the Rangers bench across ice and pressured a guy trying to dump the puck in, and the guy fumbled it right to whoever was – it was either Hayek or Miller, one of the lefties. It wasn't lingering. But that's my point. is, yeah. Or that's to your point, I should say. Um, a skating fourth line is is the modern NHL way. So I agree. Keep Goche on that fourth right wing. Yeah, and you have to have you have to have skaters. It's – I think – more agile skaters and fast skaters go is a better fit in today's NHL than the, the more physical players. Like if you, if you have a physical player, that's great, but they got to be able to skate. They can't just, you know, do body checking and, and that's it because then sure. you have to catch up on the four check. Goche is good at both. That's what I like about him. And he makes, it exactly. seems like he's, I always seem to notice him on when he's on the ice. I, I always, I always talk about him, you know, it sucks that he never finishes <laughs> breakaways and stuff, but, I know. I, I still got the play. first round. He's yeah. He's still got the first round pedigree. He's never going to score more than <laughs> 10, 20 points, something like that. But you know what? At this point, he'd probably accept carving out a, a fourth line role. And if an injury comes, maybe he gets a short run somewhere or up in the lineup somewhere. Hey, Brian Boyle was a first round pick too. So, and he, he did pretty <laughs> well on the fourth line. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yep. So yeah, I'm not saying go chase the next Brian Boyle. Uh, <laughs> just saying it's, you know, sometimes it happens, like where the right. where your first round picks don't pan out. Hundred um, percent. Not yeah. that we know, we don't know anything about that. But no, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it really it's it's been a it's been a pretty pretty big character arc with the with these line combinations. It's been so ridiculous. Like, uh, man, Kreider's advantage at VZ. Nothing, l- literally nothing against VZ. It's just like, really, man, you just why him in the in no the top it, six? It's, VZ hand up. I thought VZ was not. I didn't understand why they brought him in, but he's been he's been solid, good skater. Right. But to your point, you called him a defensive a defensive impact forward earlier. So it's the same story as Dryden Hunt last year. It's the same story as Goodrow getting put in the top six anytime. They're just not going to generate offense at an actual top six NHL level. They can survive for a game or two through an injury, but that should not be the plan. That should not be your plan A. It's like plan D. <laughs> right. And, so. and of course we say that and you know Barkley Goudreau makes like the, the greatest saucer pass known to man perfect right onto Heedle's stick. No bounces, oh. nothing, and Heedle buries it, of course. So guaranteed yeah, another, I mean, another game where Crab solves in the press box. Give me you give me twenty bucks, I can try a saucer pass too. One of them will work out probably, but I mean, you That's know true. what I mean? It, it's That's just true. it does not it doesn't cover up for the rest of the game. It was a hell of a pass, don't get me wrong, hell of a highlight, but yeah. I'm just saying overall, it's not a long-term sustainable plan. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, I hope the Rangers can, can produce the way that they did against, against Vegas. Like they came away with, what was it? Four third period goals. They went in tied one, one, and they got four third period goals. Um, I'm just hoping it's not going to be like that game against Detroit where, you know, it seemed like the Rangers were so close, so close. And then all of a sudden, they score eight goals, and then in the next game, they only score one time. Like, I don't want it to be where they're scoring in bunches. I want it to be spread out across, you know, multiple right. games stretch. 
Yeah, I don't want to throw cold water on last night because it was really it was really good defensive performance. But I tweeted out earlier this morning that was one of their lower um, uh, lower games in terms of generating scoring chances and expected goals for. So just to watch out, you know, hopefully again that first line can get going a little bit more. You get good row off the second line and put Krabsaw back in there. Then we'd be then maybe we'd be cooking with gas because then if because then if as long as two of those three top three lines are going you're going to generate offense at even strength. And that's, and that's the idea. That's how you keep teams on their heels. Yeah. Like previous, I, I forget if I, if I had already mentioned it, but I, I talked last week about how, how many times the Rangers had kept, kept turning the puck over. And to me, it didn't matter whoever they had out there, like with the line combos, mm-hmm. if they were just going to keep turning the puck over, but it seems like they kind of cracked down on, on that. They've made uh, an, a, a big improvement in that area. Still a bunch of boneheaded plays here and there, like Barkley Goudreau, like in neutral zone turnovers, defensive zone turnovers, whatever you want to call them uh, last night. But they didn't come back to bite them in the ass directly. Uh, At least not not from my my eyes. That was just from the penalties last night's game. Like you take too many penalties, like you have that one coming, that five on three goal. Aside from that, pretty good defensive performance, I'd say, from the Rangers. Very good. I mean, that was one of their top 10 in terms of limiting chances. And yeah, turnovers are fickle. Um, obviously, bad ones can directly lead to goals. But the thing about turnovers, you just got to remember is that if, you're, if if typically some of the best teams in the league lead lead the league every year in turnovers because they have the puck more than the other team. So, yes, you got to cut it down. But if you're leading the league in turnovers, that actually means you probably have the puck more than more than most. So Ooh. it's just fickle. It's, it's, it's quite the balance. Huh, I never thought of, I never thought of it that way too. Yeah, I, and now <laughs> that's like just yeah. like just like Trevor hits. Hey, we love some some people love it when he runs over somebody, but that means he doesn't have the puck and he's chasing it. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. And uh, he does he does that a lot, as I, as I said before. Um, you ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's go back to uh, talking about like Kravtsov. We we have. I don't understand the reluctance to play him. I don't know if it has anything to do with uh, with with uh, what he did last year. I know fans still feel ticked off. Some fans, at least, will are still feel ticked off. To me, it's like you know, you got to move on. It's it's done. It's in the past. 
just like you said with Nils Lundqvist, it's done, it's over, you got to move on from it. And um, with Kravtsov, surprisingly, I didn't, I didn't know how good his like his metrics were. Like the Rangers do surprisingly really well when he's on the ice versus when he's off the ice. And uh, you would think that it would, they would want to have him in there in the lineup. I I don't I don't have any explanation anymore as to why they're not playing him. He's he's only done what he's asked. He he came, you know. They, I, I'm pretty sure Galan or Drury or both said something all positive things coming into preseason, out of preseason, into the season, and yet he can't find his way. I mean, I'm looking right now. An hour ago, it looks like the practice lines are unchanged going into tomorrow night, and Kravtsov is probably going to be the scratch again. It's just it's just it's literally you can pick your meme, but it's it's very much like if they don't generate offense tomorrow against the abs again um regardless if they score five or six goals that that can happen that's the shooting regression part of it right but if they don't generate offense it's like the it's like the i think you should leave me and you know we're all looking for the guy who did this well when you're choosing goodrow on the second line that is what it is and it'd be different if gauthier was was really pushing and, and generating good numbers we've already seen what vz can do on the top line which is not much they'll survive but they won't be that good and but and it's not like Blay is pushing to you know be a be an impact player either so it's i just don't understand the hesitancy outside of i guess they have to give goodrow more time on ice because of reasons <laughs> yeah because of reasons and then and then i also see like oh the the argument like oh he needs to earn it or whatever like we're are we past that point like like just we've we've done this with Kako and lafreniere for two and a oh half years I you saw, know what I mean? I it's saw, like every time they get more time on ice, they do better. So how do you earn it without getting a chance? I it's saw, very, it's wild. A few months ago, I saw like a, a an American Chopper meme, and it was like, you know, you probably know like where they. The I know, I know the format. Yeah. yeah, they're arguing, and the one guy throws a chair or whatever in the office or whatever. But like the the whole the meme was uh, based on like the job experience versus the um, how do you say it? the I have it here. Job experience versus getting a job. Like when you when you're going for a job <laughs> that you you you're coming out of college. Let's say this is it, it hits home for me because I'm I'm in that that position right now. Like I've never worked in uh, like the radio before, for example. Um, and I, I want to go into the radio, but it's like you go there and it's like oh you need experience. But like every place you go to apply for a job says you need experience. So how do you get the experience? Yeah. Like and that's how I feel about with the kids it's like oh they need they need uh they need more experience it's like all right so how do you get experience uh, you got to work and it's like okay well how do you work experience and then it's this <laughs> never ending cycle of of the kids go of lafreniere kako going from the third line for 15 games and then one game in the top six and then it's like all right yeah they didn't do anything this game so uh let's bring them right. down put the kid line back together and, and let's just put a known a known bat up there there's a there's an old tweet that goes around um the hockey analytics Twitter circle from uh, Michael Blake McCurdy, the guy that runs hockeyviz.com. And it's something to the effect of the moment NHL coaching staffs realize they could try to play a younger player who's an unknown, don't know if he's good or bad, versus playing a known bad older player will be a beautiful day. <laughs> and it's been, and I think he tweeted that in like 2014. Let's put it that way. <laughs> We've seen it. We've seen the Rangers do it before too. Like go back to, the 1920 season rangers played tampa bay late october i'll never forget this game they healthy scratched mark stall i none of us believed it when we saw it we i think it was mercogliano tweeted out the the lineup he posted a picture of it and mark stall was not on the starting lineup for the defenders he was not there 
They called yeah. up Brian Lindgren. They called up Philip Heedle. Zibanejad was out with an injury. They started those guys. Heedle, Kako, and Adam Fox score in that game. And David Quinn puts out Fox and Lindgren at the end of the game to harbor a lead. Um, yeah. We've seen that. We've seen this before where, like, they play a great game. And, like, Fox and Lindgren got rewarded with ice time. Kako Lafreniere have played great this season. Where's their ice time? Like, I, I don't understand it. I don't know why it took so long. I'm just happy that they took they got it now. But uh, the same thing it's is going to happen for got has to happen for Kravtsov at some point. Yeah, I, I think where I land on it all because it, it's kind of like it, to your point to, to reference it back to work. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. It's sports. It's and that's just how life goes. But if you expect the moment you make a first mistake, you get the plug pulled on whatever you're working on, and then you go back to somebody else who who maybe doesn't do. Who, who does not do nearly as good as work or, or what your top potential is, but he's going to at least turn in the hours and, and just kind of slug it along. It's kind of disappointing. It's actually pretty dejecting and depressing. <laughs> so that's, that's where I land on it all. I'm sure I, I, I have a feeling that th- some of those guys feel that way. They, they may not be saying it like Kako or Lafreniere. They may not be saying it because you know, they have an image to uphold, but they, they're probably thinking that, you know, like what the hell, man? I mean, what did I do wrong? Like, why am I, good- taking off of this what can the I reactions any, right? anytime look at the reactions anytime a europe especially a european complains about not getting a shot with the rangers he either gets shipped out or the or certain certain sectors of this fan base freak out it's just it doesn't make any sense they're they're expected to be either immediate all-stars or they're useless there's got to be some room in the middle everybody right and, and then with like like a canadian they won't they won't like lafreniere it's I mean, I'm not saying that. It's just for some reason we have a trend of Europeans having uh, this issue. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, all. Yeah, um, and that that you could even argue with like the scouting department too. Like uh, a lot of people didn't didn't like Gordy Clark. That that Lee's Anderson pick might have been a reach. Probably was a reach. I don't even know if he's still playing in the league right now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sometimes prospect prospect world's a different world. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I like to sometimes just say all prospects are great until they're not. <laughs> that's so. uh, that's that's good. I wonder what Drew Way thinks about that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like I said, I don't play in that world, so I don't pretend to be an expert whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because it's like a, it's a crapshoot. You never know what you're gonna get. There's people saying like they argue like, oh, the Rangers should have picked Lucas Raymond at at the time. Like, no, man, it's clear as day. Lafreniere yeah. is a better player. I love Lucas Raymond. Uh, I love I love like his skill set. I think he's a good fit for Detroit. But I would not have picked him first overall, no matter what. Like even if I saw right. his five years from when he was drafted, I still wouldn't have yeah. done it because everybody knew. Everybody knew the, uh, who was the better player at that time. Same thing with, with like Kako uh, versus Hughes. Like People projected Hughes to be the better player. Kako would also be good, but Hughes would be better. Um, I, yeah. that's, you know. Well, they got to make it work with Kako. <laughs> they have to, yeah. Like, these guys are on cheap contracts. The Mets got to, has to work out. They, they have to. They're begging <laughs> they, right it, it has to like I, I tweeted the i think i responded to you before with the avril lavigne uh song lyric like please stay <laughs> yeah. together like oh my gosh uh um i'm hopeful so the the line you said the lines stay together right like the practice lines were the same completely the same. yeah yeah it looks like the same setup as vegas okay for colorado correct okay good and, and and some people might say like colorado is a team that you might not be able to win against but if you look at their lineup, they're completely gutted. 
they have no McKinnon. Pretty beat up right now. Yeah. yeah. Landeskog's out. They uh, Lekkinen's not there. Nichushkin's out. All injured. Like, if if there yeah, ever so, there was a game to win, it's this one. Kind of like Vegas last night. They're missing some key players between Eichel and Petrangelo, right? So I like to look at two week trends because that's when trend that's when team trends start to kind of take hold a little bit, or at least how they're playing, which ends up being like six or seven games basically every two weeks. And right now, Colorado is much more pedestrian uh, than their world-beating selves or cup, cup, cup-worthy selves, I should say. They're like 50 percentage in terms of shots and chances against. Their offense is nowhere near as high. I think the defense is average. So Rangers should absolutely be able to stay in that game tomorrow night um, if they generate offense. If not, I don't think anything – I don't think it's going to go well because the one thing – Colorado does have going for him is is Georgiev's playing well and their goaltending has been solid. That's what's been keeping their record really high. Watch Galant throw Halak in there just to give them an, an advantage. <laughs> I mean, I'm still on Halak's side. I know it, yeah. it has not been good, but I just I just think he's kind of like almost in that Truba area where he's having such a bad year. I don't the bottom can't be any lower, but he does need to turn in a few better results for sure yeah he's due for a couple good ones like i i I wanted them to sign him just for the veteran experience uh you know you don't want to call up like uh who's the rangers minor league goalie not not the ming um like tyler wall or whatever you you don't want those guys to to be the backup you have to go with somebody that's proven um, well, and Halak's had a good few years here playing that range of like 20 to 40 games, right? Kind of being a half tandem guy. So he can he can still play. And also his PK numbers are actually pretty good. So it's not like he's forgotten how to play. I just think it's been a really weird start. But in the end, it doesn't matter because Igor's your guy coming down the stretch and in the spring if they get back to a good spot. Right, yeah. It, I'm not going to expect him to have go on an historic run again this year. Right. Again, but he's still – his down to earth is – Joe Joe Fortunato said it last week. His down to earth is better than the average goalie, um, and that's why we're fortunate. Yeah, that's uh, it's been funny the transition from Henrik to Igor. Rangers fans have not had to endure average goaltending much, <laughs> and Igor's shaky start, quote unquote, is just league average. So if he gets remotely top ten, God forbid, top five for a good ten twenty run, they're gonna win more games, even if they look like shit. <laughs> That's just how it's gonna go. Yeah, yeah. He'll be able to to steal some victories. I, I don't know what the stat was last year. How many stolen victories? That was Valaket's stat. Oh yeah. Yep. He did. He had a, I, yeah, had a number of those. Last yeah, year. I don't know either, but it had to be multiple. That's for sure. He's. I mean, just Durkin right now is on the Lundqvist pace at the same age, basically. So he's really good. <laughs> That's it. That's incredible. We didn't think that would that would happen again but just i'm just praying that they don't build the same exact team like copy paste from the last generation <laughs> to this generation like i love those teams but it's just you know you could see just from looking at it from from now it's like yeah we relied too much yeah. on that guy even though we had some good oh. defenders this is the second podcast i reference it but fitz called glenn Sather the big stogie the other day and oh. he's still <laughs> he's still running the show a little bit so hopefully they'll learn but Right now, we're talking a lot about how they're not learning, and they're doing a lot of the same things in the last five, ten years. <laughs> they have a lot of work so. that they have to, to to do to, you know, get themselves out of the funk that that they were in. Like two game winning streak is great and all, but it's not like I don't consider them back to normal yet. God no, yeah, 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 no. You got to see five, six, ten games, something like that. Something crazy. I yeah, you got to go on a hot streak. Oh, and... sorry, not a not a streak like that. I'm just saying, you know, go six and three overnight. Yeah, or yeah, six yeah, and, yeah. Six and six, three and one, or something like that over ten, and then we'll be 
back to back to normal. Yeah, a little bit. seven, two, and one. That's a hot streak to me. That's fine. Yeah, that's true. Ten games, just you know, win six of them. That's good. That's a good streak there. No, that's Agreed. getting back. To, getting back to to zero, I would say. Uh, for 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 that. Um, also, like in terms of like trade deadline moves, if you're going to get back to that conversation too, because there's a lot of Eastern conference teams that are good this year. I don't know if they're going to stay good, but there are a lot of contenders right as of this moment. So the Rangers got to mm-hmm. pull himself out of together. I think they're like within one point of a wild card uh, right now. Okay. Still early, but uh, if you're thinking of, of a Patrick Kane or a Timo Meyer kind of trade, a big, big time trade, it's, it's too early because the Rangers could very easily fall out of this by next month or something like that with the way. Teams yeah, I would say I, I referenced this on the Blue Sea blogs pod the other day. You got to keep an eye on points percentage because while that one point out, it's a bit deceiving because right now the Rangers are 19th in points percentage. I mean, they're below the, the Red Wings. They're below the Predators, uh, the Flames who are also struggling. So they've played a couple more games than those guys. And that's the problem is a couple of those games were losses, but Overall, if, as long as you're pulling points out every game, which is impossible, I know, but if you try to pull at least one or two out every game, that's where your points percentage is going to go up, and then we can actually start talking about a trade deadline. Um, but I, I'm generally always a fan of them trying to make a first move early, which is typically not what they end up doing. They always wait till legitimately 3 o'clock Eastern on the trade deadline yeah. to add an Andrew Cop or something like that. But um, I guess we'll see. They, they don't have a ton of dollars. They really only have – They'll really only have room to make one decent move to add a decent forward or a defenseman with a cap, you know, with a cap hit more than three or four million or something. They, um, yeah, they also yeah. waived Carpenter today, so that brings them down yep. to twenty-two, right? So they could get the accrual process started again. Hopefully, yeah. Um, unless they go and claim Kevin Rooney, which um, was the chatter today. So we'll see. We'll see. One step forward, one step back, like we've talked about, right? <laughs> there's no way they actually do that right i i will believe it when they don't do it when, when when i don't see it let's put it that way oh my god man that's just uh that's such a boneheaded move like you had rooney last year and he was like a league minimum contract or something really cheap and you don't bring him back eventually he was like we didn't even use him in the playoffs and then now all of a sudden you yep. have to get him back and he's like like i don't even know what amount more expensive he's 1.3 million dollars like that's that's what's the point that i, I, I don't, don't make me, any sense don't get me wrong i'm not saying it's, i i think it's going to happen I, I i'd be surprised if it does yeah. but at the same time would it would it really shock any of us when you when you see it if you think for 10 seconds it's just it is what it is that's if, what we're dealing with we're, we're dealing what, with a management coaching staff that just seems to shoot themselves in in one foot at least <laughs> i have faith in jury to not do that move but it's like glenn sather or god forbid if gerard glant were the gm like he would definitely claim rooney off of oh, waivers he would be like to think they talk about the decision they're gonna make even though it's probably drew's call in the end but yeah we'll see yeah I, and i still think that there's guys that they that that they could add to the bottom six that are uh low risk that um they wouldn't have to give up too much for ironically after yeah see it would be i i thought he would be a pretty cool pickup because he's fast uh don't know about i i think i saw his, his defensive metrics which were horrible but his offensive metrics were like pretty good yeah he's always he's always kind of chipped in um he's definitely more on the offense and defensive side but the blackhawks are so historically bad right now that you got to take those defensive numbers with a grain yeah. of salt too yeah yeah 
It's so, like, does this make with all these changes that that Glant has made? Is he is this is he still on the hot seat? Would you say? Uh, I said it the other week, and I still land in it. I'd be surprised only because he probably built up so much goodwill last year with the run. Um, I think he's under pressure, and uh, he's reacting to the lineup questions a little bit differently now, though, which is an interesting new side of all this. He's really kind of defending his choices or feel like, or at least feels like he's giving off a vibe that he doesn't have to explain anything to anybody, which is a slippery slope in my opinion, because you could easily piss off if you're not, piss off the wrong people if you're not winning. Um, so I don't know, half answer. I don't think so, but I guess it's possible. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I would say that, uh, that he still very much possible within the next week for him to, to get fired. Uh, that's a bit of a hot take for, for ice cold takes standards, but um, it's two game winning streak. Like I said, it's not really a winning streak. And you know, the James Dolan demands results. We saw how quick he was to pull the trigger on, uh, on uh, Horton and Davidson, which was, which is still shocking to me. I can't believe that that actually happened. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, he, he survived a, uh, what five? Well, it was an OT loss in centers, but five losses in six games when they really needed to get it going, right? So he somehow survived that, and now they kind of reset it with two wins. So they probably have to go lose five and six or like seven and eight to to see any movement there. And also, that would probably kill the Rangers' season, unfortunately, from a playoff standpoint. But hopefully, that doesn't happen. Let's uh, let's see if they can get good run on the top six, and let's keep this thing moving forward. Yeah. Last thing I'll say before we wrap it up is like you know I was listening to the Blue Shirts Breakaway Boys uh, or like yesterday I think I was listening to their to their episode and uh, Greg was talking about how like James Dolan is a is a back page of the newspaper kind of uh, kind of owner and that he wants the Rangers <laughs> to be there and if it weren't for Justin Verlander signing with the Mets. And now Judge signing with the Yankees, uh, that Gallant would 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 have been fired already. Um, Ooh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so it's like a couple days have passed since then, and the Rangers have won two games in that time. So That's what I mean, would it still make sense for him to hire to fire him like right now, right at this very moment? I would I would say like since nothing has happened really today, that it would have been done today if that were the case. So. Uh, Maybe Glenn has a little bit more time. <laughs> well, usually wins do a lot to save you, whether it's a goalie uh, or if you're scoring goals as a forward or if you're a coach. So, uh, like I said, I, think it'd, I would think it would take another losing streak for them to inch back towards that decision. But overall, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, and I also don't know how intently James Dolan watches the games, like like how he <laughs> analyzes stuff. Like if he's like, He's definitely not a guy that's like, all right, let's look at this guy's expected goals for rating. <laughs> He's yeah, no, no. Guys. I was joking with somebody around Thanksgiving that like it was probably one of his like, you know, nephews, kids, like like literally three three relatives away that said something like the Rangers aren't doing that well for him to wake <laughs> up and take a, take a look. But I don't know. That's selling it short. We'll see. I could totally see that happening. Well, uh, anyways, uh, that wraps up this week's episode of the podcast. Rob, thanks so much for uh, joining me. Really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Had a great time. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.